Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome back. This is our first podcast recording for 2021, so very exciting. And what a perfect topic to kick off the year than talking all things breakfast. So we're here today not only to discuss the importance of eating breakfast, but a conversation about the importance of including a nutrient-rich breakfast as part of your morning routine. And to discuss this topic, we welcome our special guest for the year, leading dietitian Susie Burrell. Now, Susie is a qualified dietitian with a master's degree in coaching psychology. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm excited to be the first for the year. Hopefully it's a good omen of, of a great podcast we're going to have. <laughs> and I, think it's just, I think it's just a great topic to kick the year off too as well, you know. Um, and as we were just discussing um, offline just before we started recording, I wouldn't expect you to be anything like me um, and I would think you'd be quite the opposite. Um, but the, for me personally, the thought of waking up and eating breakfast straight away is by no means my favourite thing to do. Um, I've always really struggled eating breakfast um, in the morning, um, but I'm actually not much of a morning person either. So you know, as you are a qualified dietitian with a master's in coaching psychology, which I think is, an, is a fascinating combination, but it totally makes sense to me as to the two sort of, you know, sort of working together. As a general question to begin with, <laughs> do you find people who are morning people are more likely to enjoy eating breakfast other than people like me that are nocturnal and night owls who find the morning a struggle in general? Oh, you know, any kind of mealtime structure is really comes because of habit. So if yeah. you have always been someone who's your mum got you up at 6am and you would have breakfast as a family on the table at seven o'clock, it makes sense that that early programming will really program both your metabolism and your psychology to get up and have something to eat. But, you know, I lived with Italians when I was at university and, and I agree their breakfast is very, very different. You know, it was a coffee and some biscuits. Yeah. So I think we can really learn to broaden our view of what breakfast can be. And that's particularly been the case in recent years where we've learned more about fasting and the benefits of that. So I've a number of clients who may not have their first meal yep. until you know nine ten o'clock and I still call that breakfast so it doesn't have to be so time dependent I think it's about developing the right structure with your food and habits that are sustainable for you and there's no real rules with it we can work with any time I guess before 12 and I'd still call it the first meal of the day yeah, look, my, my partner is incredible. He works in the fitness industry and the days when he's up at 4.30, he will get up and still have his bowl of muesli re religiously every day. I don't know how he does it, but he, you know, he explained to me exactly what you just said, that it, it is routine. He doesn't like doing it either, but he actually just forced himself to create that routine. And as you just mentioned, you know, my, my background's Italian. So my upbringing is that typically breakfast is a coffee and a biscuit in the morning, which I know that you must be rolling your eyes at the thought of that. But, you know, on the other hand, um, for someone who's anti-breakfast, we travelled to Japan a few years ago and we went to that famous fish market and experienced a full Japanese breakfast in the morning, which was unbelievable, which had all of the goodness in there that fresh fish and rice are the complex carbohydrates and I have to say I felt incredible for the whole day so I understand that when when you do do it and you do it well that you know, physiologically your body feels completely different so you know 
Well, we do know that a number of key nutrients are obtained when we have a, a meal in the morning. So things like our B group vitamins, which are really important for energy production, dietary fiber, which is really important for gut health, calcium from our dairy foods, they are all significantly contributed to from that morning meal. But mm-hmm. I think the other thing that's really interesting is people listening to their bodies and what they're looking for. Because it's safe to say your partner, he probably will be quite hungry an hour or so after waking up if he's in the industry because he's quite busy and active. Whereas some people they may not be hungry because they might have a later dinner at night time and it takes a little bit more time for their metabolism to get up. So what I, I really work with clients on is also listening to your body. And if you're not actually hungry in the morning, why could that be? And what do we need to do to get that metabolism working a bit harder? So, you know, an hour or so after waking, you do feel a little bit of hunger because that does tell me as a dietitian that your body is burning your food and burning it efficiently. So from a weight control perspective, which is something that a lot of people are really interested in, it is it is important we pay attention to what's happening with that hunger and at some point throughout the morning you would want to feel a hunger just to tell me that your body's ready to burn calories and, and the metabolism's firing yeah and look, in general like we know that life is busy and we all know all too well the stresses of just getting out the door in the morning for that morning rush and getting getting somewhere on time um and of course with kids without the te- the tears and the tantrums it's a daily struggle for all parents um and of course with a focus on kids most parents can often forget about eating their own breakfast so initially i'd love to know from your perspective why is breakfast um well, for children initially absolutely essential for their for, for their health and their concentration and i would say you're absolutely right it is essential for children because we know their metabolisms are high they haven't been distorted by our our inter- Prevention yet they need their energy for growth and development and there's actually a growing body of research to show that kids who have had a meal in the morning have better concentration better attention span at school it regulates their appetite better so I would agree that's a non-negotiable but my rule on nutrition is always what works and what's easy because as soon as things are easy and part of our morning and we all know that struggle in the morning you know I, I really try and not be screaming like a crazy person at the kids <laughs> and anyone kids knows that feeling so the last thing you want to do is create more drama with breakfast and it doesn't have to be perfect it's about that consistency so my rule of thumb is just get something into them as a as a rule of thumb so it could just be a slice of toast with a spread of vegemite or 100% nut spread if you have can have nuts in the house you ideally want to get some sort of whole grain so some sort of whole meal or multi-grain bread um, along with some protein so they're kind of the two nutrient groups that I'm really targeting you know by all means if you're up at four and cook the family eggs for breakfast that's fantastic but you don't need to a bowl of cereal a whole grain cereal some oats with milk even a, a tub of yogurt with some strawberries or banana thrown in even a glass of milk is going to be a reasonably good choice in the morning so it doesn't have to be perfect so for my own children for example who are five they're not massively hungry in the morning we have to leave the house by 7 30 I actually give them chocolate milk which is quite nutrient rich I choose a, a relatively low sugar one but I do know they're going to drink that so I don't have to worry about them and then if they have a little bit of wholemeal toast with it but it's quick to make it's easy for them to eat they don't have to sit at a table it's quick because I don't have a lot of time in the morning but then of course on holidays I'll spend time and do them some eggs or some oats when they're actually not in such a rush so the take-home message for parents and busy parents and let's be honest who is not like frantically busy at 7am 
just get something in that's got some decent nutrition and just try and stay away from the really sugary options. So things like fruit juices, really sugary cereals, um, white bread with with jam. So there's no protein in those mixes. Just try and get something with a bit of protein because that will help to sustain them for longer through the morning so they can get to recess, but also has some of those key nutrients like the protein, the calcium that their bodies need at that time of day. And I was going to ask you what your take on breakfast cereals um, for kids is. And, of, of course, you only have to read the sugar content on the breakfast cereal labels to be completely shocked how much is actually in them as well. It's just incredible, isn't it? It's still surprisingly high, particularly for the ones that are specifically developed and marketed for children. Mm. So I sort of go back to the basic ones, things like your wheat bix, your Vitabrits, oats if they'll have them. There is a handful of ones that are better, you know, look on the box and look for whole grain because absolutely there's a lot worse foods than a breakfast cereal, but there's also some that are a lot better. So I think do do a quick scan of that ingredient list. Um, and of course, another option um, for parents and something they can make the night before is if you've got a sort of blender or smoothie maker, you can always make those the night before and stick them in sort of a takeaway cup with a, a straw. And the beautiful thing with that is you can throw in lots of different things. So you could throw in some green vegetables if you wanted. You can throw in some berries, some frozen fruit. But you could also throw in a little bit of whole grain cereal. So you could throw in some wheat bix or you could throw in some oats. So they're going to get the benefit of the whole grain cereal fibre without that need to sit down. So there are some positives that come from a good quality cereal um, and, and that will give you some fibre. So, yeah, for parents who are making smoothies, that's a great way to get some of those whole grains into them. Awesome. And what about sort of us, um, sort of adults as well? Of course, if you're a working parent, it's all too easy to have breakfast skipped or forgotten, as you were just mentioning, when the, the morning's always been so so busy and frantic as they are. And, of course, you do see to get to that 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock timeframe and you're starving. And there's a temptation, of course, to run to the closest cafe or wherever you can just sort of get to. And then, of course, there's all tempting the, the yummy takeaway snacks that they have to lure us in. Like there's always a muffin on, on the counter. Banana bread. <laughs> banana bread. I've got. I've had a whole conversation about that last year. Is it banana bread or is it, is it bread or is it um, cake? But in all the all that stuff, it's too easy. But and then all of a sudden, bam! You know, a few a few weeks later, months later, when you continue to do that, your entire wardrobe and your clothing doesn't fit you, and you're, and you're left asking why. So, um, so there's we've all been there before. So I wanted to know what your thoughts are with that, and why is it so important for us to have a balanced breakfast? Mm-hmm. There's so much to unpack in in that statement. There's so much going on, which is why we all find it complicated because it is. So the first thing that, that often busy adults do is they grab the coffee which, you know, satisfies the need for a bit of an energy hit. And if you have a latte or a cappuccino, you get some milk, so you get some dairy. But that's kind of half a breakfast. So that's why if you have a coffee early that's milk-based, sort of 9, 10 o'clock, you're really climbing the wall. So a few strategies I use with my clients in that situation, I either um, pack the breakfast the night before to take with them to have with the coffee. So I quite like a breakfast wrap. You know, you can wrap up some smoked salmon or some turkey or some ham or even some lean bacon with some cheese as you would make the kids' sandwiches and grab that when you have your coffee so you've had a complete balanced meal. Great idea. Or the other option I'd say is people take that with them and have it as the other half of the breakfast. So start with the light option, which might be one slice of toast or a coffee, just something you can quickly shove in on the way out. And then a couple of hours later when it gets to that 10 o'clock, have the other half of the breakfast. And what that does, it eliminates that need to, seek out something and inevitably when we're seeking out things from the cafe it does tend to be heavy carbohydrate foods that are leaving you really really hungry and that's the other risk if you've just grabbed something quickly on the way out the door so you might just 
have had a black coffee or you may just have grabbed um, a plain piece of toast. Because there's not enough protein in that mix, you'll get that ravenous hunger about two hours later because your energy has not been sustained. So you really want to make sure that each of those small breakfast options have a protein base or you wait till you get to work at nine o'clock and just sit down and have a proper breakfast, which might be a breakfast sandwich. It might be the yogurt with the muesli. We work with Lean Cuisine to create some frozen breakfast on the go for people that really target that protein balance. So we've got an oat bowl, we've got a bean and egg bowl, we've got frittatas that you can just stick into the microwave and heat up so you've got that nutritional balance on the run because that is inevitably the problem when we're picking up food away from the home. It very rarely has the protein and the vegetable bulk to keep us full after eating and it's much higher in calories. Whereas when we make it at home, people think, oh, a sandwich, that's too high in calories. Well, it's nothing compared to, as we talked about, the, the muffin or the banana bread. You know, it's just the other half of breakfast. So it's listening to your schedule and really thinking what works for you. For me, I start with a coffee and then a couple of hours later when I am quite hungry, that's when I'll kind of had a more substantial yeah. breakfast, whether it's an egg on toast, half a wrap. But it gets away from that snacking mindset because yeah. inevitably when we snack, they're not great choices. And so what are the dangers then if we skip breakfast in the morning? The issue, the, the evidence around that is people tend to be more likely to overeat through the afternoon. So they have fluctuating blood glucose levels and they tend to binge. Now, the exception is people who do choose to fast. So if they're following that 16-8 program where they're eating all their meals in, in an eight-hour period and might not eat until lunchtime, the key with making that work when you skip breakfast is to make sure the lunch is a substantial meal. So it's a couple of eggs and a couple of slices of toast and vegetables, or it's a a plate of leftover food. It's a meal, not a snack. People go wrong with that extended fasting when they only snack when they break the fast, and that means leads to that overeating later in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's the major downside. It's the fluctuating energy level. So you just need to make sure that you plan your meal time so they're balanced so you don't have that low of energy at the 4 o'clock mark, which is when we binge and and seek out the rice crackers and dip and and all the things that we tend to overeat when our blood glucose levels drop. And this is a situation that sort of affects more people than than not. I understand there was a recent study that found that 44.5% of Australians, which is a lot, when you think about it, that's almost, almost half. half of us, yeah, are actually missing out on uh, on the nutritional benefits of breakfast by choosing not not to eat breakfast every day, um, which is, as we just said, which is quite common as well. But I mean, ideally, sort of, what do you think um, a healthy breakfast should should contain? You've you've mentioned that it should, for example, be protein. There should be complex carbohydrates in it. Anything else? A hundred percent. So it's a, it's an easy formula to follow. And I think when you get this balance, you'll really notice the difference in how much better you feel in this. And this meal balance works across the day as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, you do want some whole grain carbohydrates for energy. So that could be a whole grain slices of bread. It could be some baked beans. It could be some fruit. So something that's got some sort of fuel to it. And a couple of little tricks I'd say is just be mindful or, or wary of things like Turkish toast and big slices of sourdough, which can be very, very dense in carbohydrate and a bit too much particularly if you sit down for work a lot of the time. So basically the smaller you are and the less you move, the lighter that carbohydrate needs to be. And there's also some great lower carbohydrate breads in supermarkets now that give people options if they are choosing to to eat carbohydrate. And then we want a good what we call 20 to 30 grams of high-quality protein. So that's the equivalent of a couple of eggs. Um, The protein bread slices have got about that in two of those. Um, Some baked beans and cheese, some smoked salmon, um, 
if you were looking at a, a meat, you know, about 70 grams of a smoked salmon or a lean turkey, um, lean turkey breast. So you really want to make sure that goes in every breakfast. Of course, the high protein yogurts that you can find, um, protein powder if you're using a smoothie. And then on top of that, you want some sort of low calorie, high fiber vegetables or fruit. So you want some berries to include with it. Or if you're making a smoothie, put some greens through it. Or if you're enjoying some eggs, make sure that you're cooking up some tomatoes or mushrooms or spinach with it or if you're having a breakfast sandwich just throw on some leaves and some tomato so once you get that mix of carbs proteins and lots and lots of veggies all of a sudden your energy is sustained for sort of three four hours and you don't feel that need to snack as frequently through the day so what I'm hearing and tell me if this is correct so ensuring that we have a, a healthy balanced breakfast that um it has to contain or it should contain protein, carbohydrates um, and fruit or vegetables. Um, and that, I guess, in essence, is a crucial step in ensuring that our bodies get the nutrients that it needs sort of right throughout the day. Is that right? Absolutely. And I think one of the areas people really miss is they don't have the vegetable bulk with their breakfast. So they have a couple of eggs on a slice of toast, whereas if you added tomatoes and mushrooms, it's going to last a lot longer. And the other mistake we make is that when we're picking up breakfast away from the home, they tend to be too high in carbohydrate. So those massive slices of sourdough or Turkish bread, you know, that can have 60 to 80 grams of carbohydrate, which is often close to the amount of small female needs for the whole day. <laughs> so you have this kind of big carbohydrate hit and then you have a drop and a, a feeling unsettled. So it really is about the type and portion of carbohydrate. Unless you're like your your partner, your husband who's at the gym all day, most of us only need a little bit because we sit down. So we're not yes. burning that fuel that a teenager would or an active athlete or a fitness trainer would as part of their work. And so what I'm hearing also is that when we skip breakfast, our body our bodies can react in a variety of, of different ways. Um, some of it being blood glucose control, um, appetite management, as you said, that we would be more more likely to eat more in the afternoon and sort of binge and snack and, and or have more sort of sugary treats in the afternoon, um, which of, of course sort of affects our energy levels and metabolism um, and all of that sort of stuff is potentially impacted as well. So, I mean, is there any other correlation um, with, I guess, the psychology and also the eating as well? Um, and all um, or not? It's interesting you've asked that because I've actually never been asked it, but I think you're really onto something. The first thing you said that resonated was that everyone will react differently, and that's 100% true. People can fast and then they can swap just to, to lunch and have no issue. Other people are really feeling the hunger and struggle to do that. So it really does come down to the individual and what's going on with your metabolism. Yep. But in relation to um, the response to not eating breakfast, I think that there's a big psychological impact of that because we think we haven't eaten very much. So I think psychologically we give ourselves permission to have things that we wouldn't normally. So, mm. for example, it's, you know, I've had a light day. I've hardly eaten anything. So at 4 o'clock I'll give myself a treat. Now, I haven't seen any research about that, but anecdotally working with people, I believe that happens particularly for women, that when we've, we've tried to be good perhaps and not eat or eat as lightly as possible, we then give ourselves permission to indulge later in the day as our self-control reduces and, and our blood glucose levels are also reduced so we're craving sweet food, whereas if we had to have had our meals, we wouldn't be feeling like we're psychologically deprived and less likely to indulge. So I absolutely think that goes on all the time particularly with women yes and not so, not so much with men 
Um, I have to be really careful because I don't want to get all the, the feedback about sexist comments, but I think we can all agree that there's significant physiological differences between men and women and anecdotally differences in response to food. And anecdotally, I would say that women tend to be a bit more food focused. Um, they're often more weight conscious that, you know, they're trying to follow a certain program or lean up. And so they're much more mindful of food. In my experience with men, they kind of eat what crosses their path. They don't think as much about it unless they're involved in (laughs) bodybuilding and things. So um, with women, of course, the more you think about something and the more you obsess about it, it can become a little bit toxic. So um, it's not always a a good thing to be um, really obsessive about calories and and meal choices, whereas men, in my experience, are a bit less likely to do that. I think in the future we'll learn more about brain um, functioning and, and, and it will be because women can think about so many different things at one time. We're, you know, biologically programmed to multitask almost. I think I'm safe to say these things. I think that's universally agreed. Whereas men tend to be a little bit more focused. So if they're at work, they'll be focused on their work. They're not thinking about lunch until like they're really hungry or someone says it's lunchtime and then they pick up what crosses their path. Whereas women in my experience are more likely to have planned everything out and be very focused on what they're eating at certain times and also much more aware of what others are doing around them. So if people are on a specific diet or if people are eating certain types of food, the women tend to be much more aware of what others are doing and be more likely to be influenced by that than than men in general. Um, So, yeah. So to wrap that up, that, that 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 part of our chat, then what is the best thing for us to do? Then what what's your recommendation? But what we should should be doing, and the right thing to do is one of the most powerful things you can do with your food intake, and in particular with your breakfast, is to plan. Because if you plan it in advance and in ideally even prepare your breakfast in advance, so you might put the yogurt and the cereal in the little container the night before, or you might make yourself a breakfast wrap, it takes away the focus on that when you're really, really busy. So you don't get distracted around you. So it's the same in the day. If you've planned your food in advance roughly, so you might say, right, I'm going to pick up my latte on the way to work and have my wrap. And then it's at lunchtime, I've got my container of leftovers or I get these rice paper rolls or this salad from the food court. I'm going to take my afternoon snack. So I've got my cheese and crackers or my nuts. All of a sudden, the distraction of food through the day is taken away because you don't have to focus on it. It's been taken care of. And it's been taken care of at a time when you had the energy and focus to do it, which is not what happens early in the morning when we're rushing out the door. We don't have that because the pressure on us is already so great. We make great. poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah, and so when the other thing we know about food decisions is that we basically become overloaded. So when you go into a food court and if you don't know what you're going to have, you will be lured by the the tasty high-fat options. That is proven in the research. Whereas if you've made the decision before you go to the food court, similar to looking at a menu before you go to a restaurant, it's a powerful predictor of making healthier decisions food-wise. So planning, I've always said, is the key to dietary success. And specifically, I would say in advance. So you um, remove that distraction from your day when you're busy. Awesome. And talking about research, I understand that Lane Cuisine's survey also found that um, a very high percentage, almost 30%, so 29.2% of the people um, skipping breakfast on a regular basis were turning to unhealthy snacks to get through the morning and eating larger portions, as you mentioned earlier on, to make up for the missed meal. So um, everything that you've sort of said sort of falls into sort of their, their survey and their, their research findings. And and all, and all of this stuff with Lane Cuisine, this is the very first um sort of breakfast frozen breakfast range yeah tell me a little bit more about this um we had just realized that people need 
healthier options on the go at reasonable price points and it was an untapped market you know what would happen if you did have a breakfast that you could keep in the the freezer at work or the fridge at work and cook it quickly and we worked with the the chefs there I was the dietitian on the project um, setting the nutritional targets for us to reach from a calorie protein carbohydrate perspective and we came up with five amazing breakfast items so we've got a couple of oat bowls two frittatas and an egg and bean dish to basically make healthy, easy eating easier for busy people, knowing that if they pick things up away from the home, there'll be double the calories of something that's you're preparing at home or in the case, the Lean Cuisine range of, of revigorated re, um, meals, I should say, um, and, and just having, you know, convenient cost-effective options because that's the other thing when you're buying food away from the home. Not only does it not tick those key nutritional boxes of protein, whole grains, calories and and, um, dietary fiber but it's expensive you know yeah. like you can spend 10 12 dollars on breakfast you're definitely spending 20 on lunch like that is a lot of money for usually what is pretty simple food so we've created it as a cost effective and convenient option for busy people now i, I understand they've been developed in accordance with a healthy eating pyramid um, and they're also snap frozen for freshness um and is there any preservatives i don't believe there's any preservatives in them either is that right No, we've done it with the beautiful thing, and it's one of the most common nutrition myths out there, is that frozen food is not as nutritious as fresh. And we can completely um, negate that claim because with the latest or the, the newest food technology out there, yeah, the things get snapped frozen straight after cooking. So they actually retain a lot more nutrition than food that sat out there in Bay Marie's or, or fruit and vegetables that sat in loading docks for ages. So yes, you'd have you can rest assured that, you know, frozen food can be extremely nutritious, but you just don't want to overcook it. Because when we overcook it, that's when you can lose some of the nutrients. But yeah, whether it's frozen veggies or frozen meals, the technology is great now. So it, it, you can rest assured it's still a really nutritious choice. Awesome. Now, I've learned a lot um, from this chat today. And as I said, as a self-proclaimed non-sort of uh, breakfast sort of fan at all, um, you've definitely helped me learn a lot. If you were to summarise, I guess, your key messages and the key points from our chat today, what would they be for anyone watching and listening? When it comes to you as an individual, listen to your body and create a breakfast routine and structure that works for you. So that might be half a breakfast early, half a little bit later. It might be having a substantial meal later in the morning, but just make sure that you're factoring that in and creating the habit around breakfast and targeting those key nutrients. So some whole grain carbohydrate, a good source of dietary protein and some fruits or vegetables for dietary fiber. And that will um, be um, conducive to eating according to the healthy eating pyramid. Um, and if you need some convenient options, check out the new range of Lean Cuisine ready-to-go meals and breakfast on the run that you can find in Coles specifically for the breakfast options or across all supermarkets for our range of lunches and dinner and high-protein meals as well. Vivi, thank you so much for your time, time today. I've absolutely loved this chat. We take care and um, we'll definitely be looking out for this sort of when we're in Coles next time. Take care and have a great day. Thank you. It's been a a fantastic chat. I'm really excited. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.